0: Okay, hold on. Let me try it. I've never done it that good. Okay, hold on. Ooh. Oh, wow. See, it's just gotta be. It's gotta be like, yeah. Not thinking. Just flows out. Damn. Are you ready? I'm ready. Um. I- <laughs> Let's go, girls. <laughs> Welcome to those two chicks with a podcast. I just wanted to get out my man At voice and
1: like
0: I'm going to be so scared because now someone broke into my car the other week. So oh, now yeah. I'm going to have to run to the house in the dark uh, here in Michigan. It has been like the best serotonin boost week, 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 <laughs> boost week <laughs> ever. Literally like, cause it's finally warm, but it's, it's almost too warm. It's too warm. It's been like 90 degrees, but I'm appreciating the sun. Dude, my back's so sunburnt. Mm, oh
1: yeah, you went to
0: the beach. Yeah, impromptu. The beach, the beach. D- let's go to the where? beach. Beach. Let's go get away. It was impromptu. It wasn't like.
1: Oh, I thought you said impromptu. I'm like no. you went to prom. <laughs> <laughs> You can't go to prom. You're like too old. For I'm like prom. almost thirty. <laughs> like you can't. I think twenty is like the cutout for prom.
0: I'm I or, even going to prom at twenty is a little questionable. Yet. I'm I'm gonna be twenty six. I can't go to the prom. HBGBC? Yeah.
1: Can you imagine us going
0: to prom? Oh my. We should just show up. Oh, prom's probably already prom's already over. I think it's over. Oh my god. Next year we're just showing up. I
1: don't.
0: And we should wear like really <laughs> we are horrible dresses, horrible makeup, and we're going like this, that, <laughs> and just see what
1: people say. My true crime for you today is more of a recent case, recent as in 2014. I would like to add a disclaimer, as always, that the following case does involve a minor, but we really hope this case will be an educational one for our listeners. And as always, feel free to read our show notes that will have the resources as well as our many disclaimers we list. So today I'm taking you to a small village in Michigan called Armada. Like I said, it's small. It's about 35 miles from Detroit. It's a quiet area, safe, no high crime rate. It's the summer of 2014. 14-year-old April Dawn Millsap was born on January 2nd, 2000. She lived with her mother, Jennifer, and her stepfather, David. April was described as shy and introverted. She was kind, generous, very caring, and was really a normal teenager. It's
0: okay. Uh, I was a normal teenager, too. <laughs> Emma wasn't. Emma <laughs> Emma was like an adult by then. I <laughs> was the oldly. You were.
1: <laughs>
0: Emma, you are drinking, and I, I'm at the library, and then I'm going home and having my tea.
1: She had decent grades, stayed out of trouble, had a boyfriend, and a great friend group. Her and her boyfriend Austin had been dating for about a year and a half. She loved playing and being on her computer. She was in the school band and also a very talented writer. Her dream was to be a vet or just to work with animals. She loved animals, especially her dog Penny. Penny was basically her best friend. They would always be together. April was also into health and fitness and would basically every day go on walks with her dog, but she loved to go on the trails and hiking. On July 24th, 2014, April took Penny out for a walk. As it got dark outside, April's mother Jennifer was wondering where she was. It wasn't uncommon for April to lose track of time, but she also knew better. She would usually be home before it got dark out. Jennifer sent April a text and she didn't respond. That part worried her a little because April was pretty consistent about answering her phone. Jennifer then called April and it went straight to voicemail. She panicked and kept calling over and over again. Still no answer. So Jennifer called 911. Police came and they were under the assumption that they were going to be making a missing person file. Jennifer could hardly speak to police. She was crying hysterically and hyperventilating. She tried to call her husband, April's stepdad, and she couldn't even finish her sentence to tell him what happened. And police had to take the phone away from Jennifer to let him know. This was around 9.30 p.m. Police start to question Jennifer about the people in April's life. Of course, the boyfriend was mentioned and police suggested that she contact Austin. Jennifer calls him and he said he hasn't heard from April in a few hours, but he did get a text message saying, I almost got kidnapped. This was concerning, obviously. A lot of people questioned why Austin didn't call her after getting this text or even call 911. He's 14. I'm not really sure what he thought, whether he thought she was serious or not.
0: Well, no, for real, because I was just know. about to say, like, that sounds like something stupid. I would have texted my friend just if I saw, like, a creepy-looking guy. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to get kidnapped or something. Right. And people would be like, ha-ha, you know, just kind of joking around. Right. I don't think they would, t- if she would have texted that, like, to her mom, mm-hmm. different story. That's a different, yeah.
1: yeah. Police really bumped up their investigation now because of this text message. So a police officer stayed with Jennifer at the house while another went to the station to start working on a case. That's when they receive a 911 call. A man called, saying that him and his wife were on a mountain bike trail when this dog came out of nowhere and appeared anxious. So they followed the dog, and this dog led them to a body in a drainage ditch. And the body was April's, and it was her dog, Penny. April was found partially undressed. Her shorts and underwear were down to her ankles. Her top was ripped open by her waist. The autopsy, however, claimed, though the appearance made it look like sexual assault, April wasn't. So to the police, it seemed like maybe that was the killer's plan to throw them off, or it was a failed attempt. They really weren't sure. There were no gunshot or stab wounds, but her head was covered in blood. Again, her autopsy had 48 separate injuries. It looked like she had been beaten to death by a blunt object and then strangled. There were footprints that were basically bruises on her body, like someone stomped on her. And on her face was a shoe footprint of a pair of Air Jordans. They could tell that it was Air Jordans because of the print it left on April's face. Police knew one thing. It was clear that this murder was out of anger. The town was terrified. This is 2014, and the last murder this town had was back in the 70s. The police force consisted of two police officers and then 10 part-time officers. So they reached out to Detroit to send over more police just to help out with this investigation. Police started going door to door questioning everyone. One person said they saw two men jump into a white van, maybe in their 20s or 30s. That was a dead end. A lot of their tips were all dead ends. Police came up with a theory of what happened that night. And their theory was that April was walking at about 5.30 p.m., a man came by her and started flirting with her. April turned him down and she walked away, Texted her boyfriend. And then a little while later, the man came back more aggressive and then he killed her. Police couldn't find April's phone. That was still missing. They looked everywhere, but the phone company was able to track her GPS to a certain location. So police went to ask the community again with this new information, if they saw April or anything suspicious in this now specific spot on the trail. A man came forward and said he saw a young girl that could have been April and a man on a blue motorbike. They took this new information to the public. They were now searching for a man on a blue motorbike. And at this point, they were also able to find April's phone, meaning the killer took it with them to discard it was somewhere else. When police turned the phone on, they found out that April had her fitness tracker running at the time of her murder. It showed not only her location on this trail, but also the pace she was going. Compared to the text that she sent to her boyfriend, April's pace sped up going the opposite direction like she was going home. The man must have followed her. The phone app does freeze and moves around a lot. To the police, this must have been her struggle. The phone moves to her location that they found her body and that's when they see the phone leaving the scene but the pace sped up, not walking or running, but as fast as a motorized vehicle. That the trails aren't wide enough for a car, but a motorcycle, yes. Police were stationed at every entrance and exit of this town so that no one could enter or leave without talking to the police. A lady drove up and police asked her if she knew anyone with a blue motorbike, and she said, yes, her neighbor does, but she hasn't seen it in a few weeks. It then clicked for her and for them, and the lady gave them their names. Her neighbors were a father and son that were both had the name of James Van Callis. James Sr. was a 66-year-old man. I don't think he had a wife. It was not listed. And James Jr. was a 32-year-old man who had a three-year-old son with his girlfriend, Crystal, who also lived with them. Police wanted to look into both of these men, and they found out that they both had criminal records. James Jr. had breaking and entering and drug charges. James Sr. was a registered sex offender and actually a repeated defender on a sexual assault charge with children under the age of 13. Police went to their house and discovered they had marijuana, so they ended up arresting both Jameses. Now, police didn't tell them they were arrested why they were arresting them besides the marijuana charge and they made sure they didn't talk about April. They wanted to make sure they didn't get rid of any evidence, etc. But the marijuana was kind of a blessing in disguise for them. So while the two men were in custody, police go to speak with their neighbors. Neighbors confirmed that James Jr. owned the blue motorbike and that they haven't seen it in a while. Police also went through their home and looked everywhere but couldn't find the bike. They did find a bike helmet and bike gear. They took DNA samples to send in, but there were no matches. James Sr. was released on a bond, and police were convinced that James Jr. was the blue motorbike guy. So that's when police started to search James Jr.'s items, including his phone, laptop, the house again. They couldn't find anything in the home. They really wanted to find his bike in the Air Jordan shoes, but they couldn't find them either. I read somewhere that police did order a pair of Air Jordans to confirm the shoe print that they were looking at on April's body, and they were a match. Police couldn't find the shoes, but they did find a video on James Jr.'s phone that showed his shoes for, like, a quick few seconds, and in that video, James Jr. is wearing a pair of Air Jordans. On his laptop, they looked through his search history and found a theme. He was searching how to attract young women, or why don't young women want to talk to me? Police were running out of time, but they did end up arresting James Jr. with murder and attempted rape. James Jr.'s defense team tried to make a point that his charges were unfair. Police left their house a mess, and James and his father had to clean it up. James Jr.'s DNA was not found on April's body. A theory that has been thrown around is that maybe James Jr. was wearing biker's gloves that are usually leather or just biker gear in general that covered up his skin. So really, April's DNA would be on him, but not his DNA on her. Again, that's just a theory. We don't know what he was wearing that day, except possibly the shoes. Police believed that the blunt object that was used to kill April was a biker's helmet. Again, James's defense came with that there were no bike tire tracks on the trail and this detail does have conflicting facts a witness was two people that were riding their bikes on the trail and they said they saw james and april to them they looked like a couple that maybe were having an argument james seemed angry and april seemed nervous but to strangers they didn't want to get involved that's when they called another witness and that was james jr's girlfriend crystal Crystal said on the night of April's murder, James Jr. left the house on his bike at 4.30, 5 o'clock p.m. He got home at 9 p.m. Everything was fine between the two of them. They went to bed, but Crystal woke up at 3 a.m. and James Jr. wasn't there. He did come back, but he was washing his shoes and helmet with hand sanitizer. He said it was because he spilled oil on them. To this day, we don't know what he was doing. Apparently, when police were going door to door, James Jr. pulled Crystal aside and said he messed up and that he needs her to stick by him. Also, if anyone asks, he was wearing his trainers that night, which was weird because Crystal thought he was wearing his Air Jordans. This was odd for Crystal, and she was obviously concerned, so she goes to look in his backpack and found a hoodie with grass and mud all over it. And there were also clumps of long hair. Now, this hair color did not belong to Crystal, but it could be a close match to April's. In 2016, two years later, the trial ended. James Jr. Van Callis was found guilty of all charges and sentenced to life in prison. James and his family believe that he is innocent and was framed. Apparently during the investigation, police were able to talk to some witnesses to make a sketch of a man and this man had curly hair and a shaved face and James Jr. hair is short and he has a beard. A lot of people claimed he could have easily grown a beard and cut his hair. In 2018, he tried to appeal his sentence and was rejected. And he tried again a few months later, and was also rejected.
0: That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Because what? If, what if they were kind of fighting, or like the girlfriend wanted to get rid of him? Mm-hmm. And was like, hey. But wouldn't he say like, "Oh, I don't know where my shoes are" or something? Where are the shoes?
1: And why are you washing your stuff? He said. Even if all these things. I can't ignore the fact of what is your search history? That's what I was about to say.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm not saying no one's loyal, but you know what? You have a girlfriend, you're saying how to attract young women, how to do these things, and and you just murdered a fortune.
0: Did he have the the child sex offender charges, or was that his dad? That was his dad. But sometimes that is something that can run in a family. Mm -hmm. If someone is exposed to it when they're young, It's such a weird thing because I actually just listened to this episode of My Favorite murder a couple weeks ago where the big question, um, it was an apartment building. Sorry not to get off on a whole other story. But there was a murder, but there was also a serial killer in the building. And it's like, was this murder from the serial killer or was it the father of the family? And the question was, is it possible for a murderer and a serial killer to be in the same place? Is it possible for a, a rape of a young girl and... A murder to happen in the same town very near someone who's a registered sex offender or like you know it's a weird kind of thing a
1: lot of people thought that james senior Mm. was overlooked quickly well yeah um and not saying that he automatically had to have done this right just because he has the sex offender charges and a repeated one for Mm. kids under the age of 13 repeated April, is big 14 yeah and it's like one of those things but you know what he was just releasing a bond and then yeah like, well but and it's it just how and this is how it was worded police were focused on james jr is the blue motorbike guy yeah but what if it wasn't and i'm not and i i think it was james jr mm-hmm. i i can see the evidence that's there. Well, they're both James. Would little bike? James?
0: <laughs> yeah, wouldn't little James be like, "Well, my dad did. You know, my dad took. Where's right. my bike? Where are my shoes?"
1: Exactly.
0: And do do you know what the dad looks like? Does mm-hmm. the dad have curly hair and a clean face? No. I don't know. That's weird. Because mm-hmm. not everything has to be a huge conspiracy theory. Because that's kind of where my brain goes. Like, was he framed? Did someone? And it's it's kind of more likely like. Mm, he probably did it, you yeah. know? But that's one of those things where it'd be so hard to be on a jury because it's, you know, um, beyond reasonable doubt. And part of me feels like there then, are some things that could
1: be a little right. down. something that was like, for me, I was like, oh, I should look into that. more. were the tire marks? Mm-hmm. But it was a bike trail. Yeah. So if people are consistently using this bike trail, mm-hmm. you can run over is this a motorbike
0: like a motorcycle or is this like a little scooter or what is it i don't know because that's my other question it's like a motorcycle that would have bigger tracks and be very noticeable
1: my dad has like a fat tire bike
0: okay it's literally this big yeah like
1: it's it's four mountain bikes yeah (laughs) so you have a lot of people that have different things and also mm-hmm. people are walking on this trail you have animals on this trail right. i
0: don't know that's kind of and to me too obviously he wouldn't drive his bike right to where he put the bo- i mean i'm sure no. he dragged the body a little bit and put it right i think you know where they found it, with his bike it it's just too weird of it. it's too weird the shoes yeah. gone the bike gone him acting weird he did it
1: I think so, too. That's where, because at first I went into right conspiracy mode, and then I realized, I'm like, Emma, no, let's look at these facts again. Mm -hmm. And I think he did it. I'm
0: always in conspiracy mode.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I am. But that's what I'm thinking about, too, because I'm like, oh, no, because I wear with the But, like, Mm -hmm. honestly, you're going to put a body on him motorbike and yeah roll down there no you're gonna probably put it onto the side <laughs> you are public area that
0: makes the most sense mm-hmm. for sure and then get the hell out of there run right. back to your bike and get out of there exactly yeah and that's where that pace sped
1: up yeah and they noticed that they're like it's leaving the scene of crime but now it's honestly april solved her own murder e-
0: yeah she did she really did
1: with her fitness that's aspect. kind if that of crazy on we would not have known the time frame
0: god that's horrible
1: i know so that that poor girl i wanted this to be a very educational thing of Mm -hmm. be safe yeah this isn't i think we i would love to say that we live in a world that is like armada where they feel very safe and it's a small town you never expect it and then it happens yeah and we always say that and this mom lost her child yeah
0: it's it's really weird because it is those small towns where you think I'm fine. I can go for a walk by myself because I'd I'd go to the sports complex or something and go for a walk by myself. Oh yeah! And my mom would freak out about it. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go there by yourself. We were from a very small town, right. so it would just be I don't know. But you never know what could happen. Right.
1: Be aware, and if you are by yourself, have have protection. Have- yeah. You know, whatever, if it's pepper spray or whatever mm-hmm. you feel comfortable carrying with you, I think just being safe.
0: Give your kids pepper spray <laughs> yeah. when they're ready for it. I don't know. Just something to think about. You know, protect your kids. Protect yourself. Protect your kids. Yeah. Protect your puppies. Ugh. Mm-hmm. this It's just sad because you just want to trust in the people around you. And, like, you know, you're a good person and you would never hurt anybody. You would never hurt a child. But there are mm-hmm. crazy people in this world who and would s- jump at the opportunity
1: i think we can still circle back on there say something if you see something
0: yes see something say something because always
1: because that is exactly what happened
0: don't worry about being a karen call the cops if you need to
1: yeah if something makes you feel uncomfortable or you feel like you would you would want someone to help you mm-hmm. in that situation i think you just answered your own question yeah you know trust your gut
0: i will say too if if you're going to kind of stick around for something like that Mm-hmm. Make sure you feel safe. Yes, absolutely. Also, yourself in
1: that situation. that's it's what
0: I mean. Like, fun. if you got to call the cops, call the cops because never yeah. put yourself in a position where. But
1: anyway, I wanted this to just be kind of, I mean, it was a, it was a hard case to listen that's to. That's
0: really sad. It was it, really it was, sad. It was hard. Um. Also, before <laughs> we go, I know this is, we, we kind of had a short one, but Fridays is, is going to be really long. Yeah. And then we finally have the Richard Hitchcock case coming out for you guys soon. And we're mm-hmm. really excited about it. So um, we're gonna drop it on a random day. So keep your guys keep your guys eyes open for that. Keep your eyes open. Keep eyes ears, nose, butthole. All the above. Open. Everything open. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye. We'll see you Friday. Man, that that was sad. Fuck. It's 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 important. It's important you